I'm Romy Newman, the co-founder and president of Fairy God Boss, and this is Fairy God Boss Radio. Today, I'm joined by Amber Romo, who is a managing director and financial advisor at Northwestern Mutual. Amber, thanks for joining us. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So Amber, you had a really unconventional path to your career as a financial advisor. Could you tell us a little bit about that and how you got your start? Absolutely. Yeah, I spent over a decade in the entertainment industry, actually, as an executive, kind of working my way up really quickly and became a general manager and then EVP in my late 20s. Had a baby and realized that as much as I love the world of entertainment, that it wasn't really very accommodating to raising a family and being a present mom. So I literally was just talking about making a career change, but had no idea which direction I would go. I went to school for business, but didn't really do anything else in my life besides entertainment. So was really kind of at an end of like, I don't know which direction to go or what that would even look like and was contacted by Northwestern through a referral. And from the moment I started talking to them, I felt a strong draw to Northwestern and the impact I could make, as well as the glass ceiling that didn't exist. Even though both industries are very male dominated, it was at my fingertips to make my career exactly what I wanted it to be. And so I had a lot of control there. And so I could be a more present mom, but make as much money as I wanted to make and have a big impact. So it kind of just fulfilled multiple things at the same time and really spoke to me. And when I came into Northwestern, I really wanted to make a huge impact, not just to my clients, but to the leadership side. So I made it very clear and realized that I needed to have a loud voice if I wanted to climb up the ranks in leadership. So I did so quickly. <laughs> For those of us who don't know so much about what it means to be a financial advisor, could you tell us specifically what about the role made you feel like you could have maybe not better balance, but be more successful in multiple roles in your life as a financial advisor? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, you know, the first couple of years are the hardest that you're building up a business that you own underneath this big umbrella at Northwestern. So you definitely have to put in a lot of time and effort at the beginning. But with the foresight that down the road, you know, you could take a vacation at your whim that you had a lot of control over that which is pretty incredible. And at the same time, whatever you put into it, you will get out of it on the financial side of things. But being able to impact my clients in a holistic way at Northwestern has given me this ability to make sure that their families are going to be taken care of if God forbid something happens to them, right? And it's not the sexy side of planning, but definitely the very important side is the glue to the plan with the life insurance and disability long-term care. And going through that with my own family, I really have a lot of conviction behind that. But then at the same time, making sure that every individual that I meet with is planning for their kids' education, for buying their first home, for retiring, which a lot of people aren't thinking about at an early age. And so, you know, having these conversations at 40, 50 years old of, yeah, I want to retire, but I haven't saved anything is a really tough conversation. So I've really been able to help a lot of my clients, whether they're in their 20s or closer to retirement, make sure that they're saving properly and they're setting themselves up for success, no matter what curveballs, like the pandemic, they're thrown into, they still can um, be successful in their futures. 
I love it. And it seems to me what you've seen is both a role that enables you to make time for your family to uh, be entrepreneurial and kind of participate more in the upside of your own work. Yeah. And then also a role that helps you help people, which kind of just brings a little more passion to work every day. Exactly. And I really get to choose my clients, which is also a nice thing because I get to work with people that I really like and I really care about them. And in the end, I think that they end up caring a lot about me and my family as well. So it's almost like I'm just continuing to build a very large family or network of friends at the same time. You talked a little bit about the fact that you've worked in two very male dominated industries. Can you tell us a little bit, I'm sure you've been the only in the room quite a bit. Tell us a little bit about what you've learned in those experiences and and what we can take from your experience. Yeah, absolutely. The first thing I think that I realized when I was sitting in a conference room with the tops of the company, right? And I'm this tiny female. If I didn't speak up and have a voice, I was literally not in the room, right? I didn't exist. So I had a lot of value to add at first was kind of observing the room and figuring out like, when do I speak up? And then I realized that, you know what, I need to not hold back. And instead I need to speak a little bit louder, speak, you know, whatever's on my mind and not be afraid of what they're thinking about me. Right. And I had value. That's why I was in that room to bring, but At first, I was hesitant to even go there, but quickly realized I had to. It was my opportunity to make my own space, if you will. Same thing at Northwestern. I think I'm very blessed with the office that I'm in to have leadership that wants to help women develop and come to the top. But at the same time, if you don't say anything, if you don't speak up, you won't get anywhere. So I made it clear from the get-go that I wanted to be in leadership, that I wanted to have my own office possibly even eventually go into managing partner where I would own my own entire network. And that has helped me, I think, grow into leadership even quicker. A little after my first year, I was given my first contract in leadership. And I think it's because I was so vocal about, hey, I I want this. I want this path. This is where I want to go. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I think sometimes when we're the only person like us in a room, we are inclined to be quiet as you were, but the reality is there's more of a reason to speak up in that case. Yes. We need to advocate for ourselves. We need to find our voice. I also think you clearly have courage and conviction about your ambition, right? And speaking about that ambition is so important, right? Because it takes all the questions off the table. Is she committed? Is she looking to grow? What does she want? You've gotten ahead of all those conversations. Yeah. At first I wasn't really saying much. My first couple months, again, I was kind of like sitting back and I'm like, okay, I'm going to see how all these people are. And then I started to realize that, wait a minute, I'm not going to get what I want if I don't say something, right? If I don't let everybody know what my dreams and ambitions are in the path that I want to go on, if I don't speak out loud about it, it's not going to magically fall in my lap. So I think all of us ladies need to be more vocal, get our needs met, and not be afraid of that. So let's talk about the other women you've encountered in your career. What kind of relationships have you built with them? It's one of my favorite things. I actually seek out to bring women into the financial space because I think we have a lot of compassion to bring to the table naturally, right? Where men don't necessarily have that ability right out of the gate. So as advisors, I think we're actually better than men because we have all of those natural tendencies that those guys don't have, 
right? But we do tend to hold ourselves back in that we feel we need to know everything before we can actually execute. So we spend a lot of time mentoring and developing our women from the get-go with an overwhelming amount of knowledge because I want them to have all the tools to be able to then go out and push themselves to their potential and not hold back. So it's really just helping them kind of rewire their brain a little bit in the whole fake it till you make it. And we can do it too, right? You just have to, I think, allow yourself or somebody needs to give you permission. So we try to make sure that they have that, but at the same time, getting them the knowledge they need to feel good about it. Yeah. Overcoming that imposter syndrome, right? Totally. And I was talking recently about imposter syndrome, and I think it stems from this terrible fear many of us, myself included, have this terrible fear we have of making mistakes, right? We're so afraid to make mistakes. So I'm going to ask you to tell us about a mistake you've made and what did you learn from it? I think us ladies automatically talk about all the things we didn't do right. Instead, you know, we should be really focusing on the things that we've done well. But I also think there's so much value in understanding like, okay, what can we learn from that? Right. And I, it must've been in my second month, I have a friend or I had a friend, unfortunately, who I was kind of dancing around like, Hey, you should meet with me. I I would love to help you. But instead of just asking him to sit down with me and, and go through a meeting to see if I could be helpful, I was really scooting around it. And I wasn't intimidated by him. I just literally didn't ask. And he went in for a normal surgery and unfortunately didn't make it. And it was something that rattled my core in, I can't have fear in asking somebody to meet with me. It's not helpful to them, right? Mm -hmm. And ultimately I'm doing this for others. And if I'm serving others, I'm going to do well at the same time. But that hurt me so much to know that, man, I could have made his granddaughter, who was his world's life so much better if I was planning with him, right? And he didn't have anything in place. And so it was just one of those things that unfortunately happened early, but at the same time, fortunately happened early because it drove me to really put myself out there and take the risk on calling people that maybe scared me or just purely asking somebody to meet with me. Right. Again, it goes into that imposter thing of like, I don't have the knowledge yet. Can I really serve him? Right. And instead of just, maybe I could have done something. Right. Remembering that the service you're offering is incredibly valuable to the person on the other end, right? Exactly. You're you're helping them, right? Exactly. And no matter what you're doing, I think that it's always putting others first and there's no need to hold back. What's the worst that can happen? They say, no, thanks. I'm good. You know, call me in a year from now, or I'm good right now, whatever. Like the worst they can do is tell you no. Right. And I didn't even give him that opportunity. So you've talked about how you made early on a very significant career change to be able to manage the responsibilities of work and family better. Can you tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about how you do that now? How old are your kids and how do you manage work-life balance today? Yeah, absolutely. And I always like to call it the work-life blend because it's not really a perfect balance, right? It's not like, okay, I'm done it for, and I don't work again until the next morning, there is some ebb and flow to it. So I have a five-year-old little girl. When I started, she was eight months. One of those moves where everybody was like, you're insane. You just had a baby. What are you doing? Making a career change. And I was like, just trust me. I got this. 
we're going to be all right. We're going to figure this out. But she's incredible. And I think she's seen me work so much that it's teaching her work ethic. So she wants to like do homework and she wants to do things because she wants to get better, which is an incredible lesson that I accidentally taught her. And then I have now a almost two-year-old. So I had my second baby in the middle of my career here at Northwestern and same idea. I was like, oh man, is this a terrible time to be having a second child in the middle of this career that I'm building? But Northwestern's pretty incredible at being very accommodating. But at the same time, I was able to, with my eight month old, when I started take off time when I needed to take off, I didn't have to answer to anybody, right? If I needed to take her to the doctor's appointment or go to her school thing, I didn't have to worry about anything. I was able to schedule my meetings around whatever I needed to do for her. And my husband and I are just really good partners with each other. So, you know, I deal with them in the morning. He picks them up after school. But right now, even where he's working a little bit later, I was able to just accommodate my schedule and switch it around to what really works for our family. And it works great. You know, it doesn't mean it doesn't come with stress because of course it does. I think anything worth it has a little bit of stress and pressure, but I'm able to really be present to them. We eat dinner together every night. I cook the majority of the night, which is just something that, again, I wanted to have with them as a memory of we ate dinner you know, 98% of the time together and mom was there. And so it's kind of not perfect, but it works. And it's because of this career, I have that opportunity to create that. That's great. And I loved your quote, anything worth it comes with stress and pressure. (laughs) I'm going to write that one down. So I'm going to move to our fast five, our fun questions. Amber, what is your karaoke song? I don't do karaoke, but you can find me on the dance floor. I am always up for dancing and I will dance along to anybody that wants to sing, but there's not enough alcohol to get me on the stage. Got it. (laughs) Yeah, not happening. Fair enough. Fair enough. Can you tell us about how do you practice self-care? Clearly by not by singing in the shower. (laughs) Yeah, no, maybe in the car where nobody else can hear me, but I think it comes with making sure that I am taking care of myself. You know, in at one point after having my second child, I was like, holy cow, I don't want to lose who I am and my confidence in myself. And so, you know, working out is really important to me. And it's something that I make sure happens. Massages and facials are my absolute must. I am way past due with this pandemic. I need one so bad. And then, you know, wine is always good. So wine with my girls doing a wine trip, a little wine tasting is a really nice release that my husband even knows if I had a bad day, I walk in the door and he'll just hand me a glass of wine. Very smart man. Very good. Nice. All right. Who's a celebrity you'd like to have dinner with? You know, that's a really hard one. I'm not a big celebrity, like crushing person, but I think the person that comes to mind that would be the most fun would be like Anna Kendrick. I just find her really fascinating and so well-rounded. And so I think she would be so much fun to have dinner with and pick her brain on. Very talented. Yeah. Her world would be cool. How about a book? Is there a book you could recommend? My favorite. I was just talking to some of my advisors about this book, but the book Grit, I think, defines us ladies and and what we really should be about to a T, right? It doesn't matter what school you went to or your background necessarily. If you can have grit 
and be compassionate and have, you know, forced confidence sometimes, you can accomplish anything in life. That book really just lays it all out for you. It almost doesn't matter where you came from. You can write your own future. Yes, that's true. Well, earlier when we talked about mistakes, you said you feel like we don't talk about our achievements enough. Yeah. Luckily, I'm going to turn the tables on you right now and ask you to brag to us about an achievement you've had. And the reason we do this is because we also agree that women don't talk enough about our achievements. And so we're asking you to role model it for us all, help us understand what it's like to talk confidently about achievement. Yeah. And I, I think I've gotten better at this, probably a little bit forced, but I've done a lot, right? Starting in entertainment when I was 16 years old, again, in a guy's world, I was determined to not let my size or my gender define what I could and couldn't do. And so when I started at PBS as a high school student, I was like, how do I get into the director's chair? Right. And within a couple months, I was directing shows. And then I was like, okay, how do I get to the next thing? And it was just constantly, I didn't know where I was going. I was just like, what's the next level? I'm going to do it. How do I get there? Right. And the same thing at Northwestern. When I started here, like I said, I didn't say anything for a couple months. And then I started being very vocal about, I want a leadership track. And so, what do I need to do to get there? What is it going to take? And what does that look like? And then I reached out to our managing partner myself and was like, Hey, I would love to schedule some time with you. I just want you to know what I'm about and why I'm here. And so I think me having that, I wouldn't say even confidence, but that ambition, that grit to figure it out and be myself, not be afraid of who I am has gotten me to where I am today as the first female managing director for the Los Angeles office. It's a a lot of weight. It's a big task to take on to blaze this trail for other women. I definitely don't want to let anybody down and I don't feel I will, right? But I was reminded by somebody in our leadership team that I was given this opportunity because of who I am, right? And my ambition and all of the things that I've hit throughout my career, having a baby in the middle of it and still doing well, it's incredible. It makes me a little bit choked up because I have a great family and friends, a lot of friends to back me up, but in the end, it's me that has to execute on it, right? And so I encourage every woman out there to just don't let anybody hold you back, right? Be ambitious, get your needs met, and don't let the sky be the limit. Keep going, right? I don't know what that's going to look like. People keep asking me, are you going to be managing partner one day? And I'm like, you know, maybe. If the opportunity is right and it makes sense, hell yeah, I'm not going to hold myself back. Why would I stop? Right. And I think that that ingrained from my mom ambition that I got from her at birth really has helped me not hold myself back and not let these industries that I've been in define me being a woman as not being able to keep moving up. So yeah, I don't know. That's <laughs> amazing. That's lot, but. Amber, that was incredible and touching and inspiring. And so I want to just leave that there. <laughs> I think it's great advice. Just reach for the stars. Don't hold yourself back. Yeah. And don't be afraid of what you don't know, right? Exactly. Just take the leap. Have yeah, the there's always going to be naysayers saying like, oh, you can't do it, right? Like I remember one of the directors at PBS when I told him I was moving to LA, he was like, 
I'll see you back in six months. And I oh. literally was like, no way. I'm going to show you. I'm definitely not coming back. And when I left entertainment, I had the same thing happen. I had women and guys both telling me, oh, you'll be back. They always come back. And I'm like, oh no, I'm not coming back. Like this is the end of my career in entertainment. I am writing another book now outside of that. It drives me more, I think, when people are like that. And hopefully everybody else takes the same on. Don't let somebody else dictate your future. Amazing. Amber Romo, thank you so much for spending time with us today. It's been great and inspiring to hear about your experience. Thank you for sharing it with us. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today on Fairy God Boss Radio. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and visit us at fairygodboss.com. See you next time.